Hit it. Hey, how you doing? Hey, where you been? Three girls talking about a lot of love and sin. And there's someone sitting next to us. Who that freaking man? It's ooh. Oh, oh. It's Keith. I don't want to see a dog's vagina. This All right. Like, oh, Welcome to our show. <laughs> you guys, we still have a podcast. Oh. We have not been thrown off Spotify. <laughs> and we thank you. Um, cool. So is everybody like excited about doing this show today? Yes. I am super excited this time. Uh, what are your goals for this episode? Does anybody have goals? I'm going to just say it. I want to get nasty. Whoa! This <laughs> is going to get puss nasty. I just want to get in touch with my feminine side. You're garbage. You're garbage. <laughs> I want to mm-hmm. channel something. I really like- want to replace Keith. And I, I think we made a mistake by including his name in the title. But what if we replace another Keith? Keith, Keith Richards? Urban. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Keith Urban, yeah. Urban, you out there, Hi. We want to thank you for listening, spending time with us. Anybody else feeling grateful? Um, yeah, today I'm going to work on my gratitude. Okay. I'm going I'm to let my gratitude grow. Um, my goal is to be a little less um, cruel to myself. Um, no, not Keith. I think I need to be kinder to myself always. So, okay, we talked a little bit about discussing race today. You want to do it? Absolutely. You know, I got some things I want to say to get off my chest. Wow, interesting. Three white chicks. Uh, Rachel, <laughs> Rachel does not identify as white, no. so you need to respect How that. How dare you? I just watched that documentary Rachel on Rachel Dolezal. Dolezal. Yeah. It's on Netflix, right? Yeah. How was it? What did you, what was the takeaway? Uh, I, she's damaged and bonkers and, and just hasn't, uh, I mean, she does have a tragic sort of, Backstory that you can understand why she's a little out what of her happened? mind. You I know, abusive parents, that whole thing, and then they adopted four black kids and they like beat them, and it was it's pretty bad. So and I that's think, our original story: how she became a black woman. Well, she there. was like the older, like she was a birth child. Her and her one brother, and the the older, the white brother, sexually abused her and the other Ooh. and the little girl, and Aww. then um, she just took like the thing about being a protector to a whole different sort of fucked up level. Oh. Oh, okay. She was a good, good. Um, she did um, the NAACP. She was pretty good at it. Oh, when she was like the regional. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. She was. She good. came back. Well, yeah, we, what do you feel about her? I, I, I like her. Mm-hmm. But you don't have a problem with somebody saying that they're they're black, even though they're not. No. This is surprising me. When no. you heard that story, what did you think? I felt bad for. Oh. I think we need Yamaniko over here. We have a guest today. But she's itching to get yeah, in there. Yeah, I was just like, okay, let's disagree just... with me. I can hear him. She's itching to disagree with me. Yamanika is a hilarious comedian and Thank actress you. and an all-around just joy and pleasure. Welcome to Welcome. our show. Hello. Hi, everyone. Hi. Hi. I'm not itching to disagree with you. It's just... Leave it up to a black man to what a white woman that's a black woman. Like, just get a black woman, nigga. Like, come on. What? Get a black woman. Like, he's like, oh, I sympathize with her. It's hard. Listen, I don't get any credit for being a black woman. This white woman has gotten all the credit for, for being, being a black, a black woman. woman. It's like wow. crazy to no, me. No, she didn't. She's get, they're ripping her apart for wanting to be a black woman. Let me get on her now. She came in here and she uh, went at me a little okay. bit. Yeah, well, I didn't like that. We all go at you. Come on. Come on. Well, y'all are white. <laughs> Keith knows I love him. Yeah. I, I love Yamanika. Yeah. Why does Keith have sympathy? 
because she'd been through a lot, as uh, Bridget explained, and all the stuff that you go mm-hmm. through shapes some of the stuff that you, your decisions later on. Cool. Mm-hmm. She said that, you know, she can't get a job, but she hasn't lost any of her clients. She does hair in her home and stuff. Let's but like, pause. Let's pause. Uh, she's fucking braiding hair. She's <laughs> braiding, and there are women going to her. She hasn't okay. lost a job. She lost her mind. Yeah. Okay. You know, like, if I decide to, like, be crazy tomorrow, there's no sympathy for me. Yeah. Do you understand? Yeah. Like, I was a little black girl, and I went to a majority white school. Like, it was me and, like, one Indian kid that kept disappearing. And, <laughs> oh, no. And it's like, I saw race from a very early age, mm-hmm. right? I didn't get to, like, be naive about, like, what happens in the world when you are black, um, when you are heavy set, when you are a woman. I get tripled down. I'm tripled down because... If it ain't the black shit, it's the fat shit, it's the woman shit, and I'm constantly get it. So when people have this idea of black women like being very vocal and and you know a, a argumentative, it's like yeah, because we're triple minorities that are trying to survive in a world that we are completely out of the realm of the white male dominated society. So we have to protect ourselves. I think a lot of it is like fearing what you don't know intimately. And I remember being on the road once and this guy being like asking me if I was Jewish, and then he was like. He said, uh, he asked me if I was from New York. And people have these wild ideas about New York if you haven't been there even. You know what I mean? And I mean, he was like, I drove a tractor through New York once. Oh, my God. I'm like, first of all, why? Why would you drive a tractor? Yeah. And then he goes, and it was was crawling with Jews. They were all out celebrating (laughs) their holiday, Rosh Hashanah. Oh, my God. That's so funny. (laughs) It was one of those 5 a.m. cab rides on the road. And he was telling it to me. He didn't know I was a Jew. He was telling it to me like it was... The was he most... looking at you directly or from the side? In the... <laughs> he didn't see my snout, but he was saying it like it was the most terrifying campfire story he'd ever told. Yeah. Just Jews celebrating Rosh Hashanah. Just Jews. And also, when did they celebrate Rosh Hashanah in the streets? I Jews don't take to the streets. They we only go out for Purim. I've seen a few Jews in the streets. That's true. <laughs> now, here's, I think I think also a part of racism that. I think they displayed it really well in in the movie Get Out. This black chick, Kim, that I'm really good friends with, we would, like, go see a concert, and people would be, like, treat her like a novelty, like, come over, like, your hair is Mm -hmm. so beautiful. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like, they were celebrating how tolerant they were. And also, that like, giving her a compliment. It's like, yeah, I'm actually not, like, an act in a carnival. I'm a person and it's it's showing me like this is about you congratulating yourself and you thinking that it's nice of you to be nice to black people mm-hmm. which means that you're crazy yeah it's like I, I was visiting a friend of mine in Connecticut and I had a great dinner with her family it was like, and the end of the night her mother's like oh you know you behave so well what? like <laughs> I always have to prove that I am worthy of somebody's like attention and respect right so like if I come in somewhere and I'm dressed down and I look like I got a hip-hop vibe or I'm not you know dressed up I have to say something for people I've noticed people receive me just by looking at me and then I say something and then it all changes because like oh oh okay this is how it is it's very much like a pet you wait till you see a dog for the first time and you go okay here's a dog and I know a dog is beneath me because I'm a human Mm -hmm. and let me see if this dog is friendly or not oh he's been trained 
that that's kind how of it thing. is. Yeah. And that's why you have a bunch of black people skipping around here trying to make themselves respectable to white people. Right. And for me, I have not done that, which is why my career has slowly crept because I'm not, I don't make white people comfortable, nor am I looking to. And then in terms of movies, you know, Black Panther came out this year, broke, broke, broke all these records. And Let's people... talk about that. Yeah. Let's talk. And you know what it is? I, so I, I have my own podcast that I do called Rant and Raven with Yamanika and friends. Amy, please come on. Of course. All the ladies here. Keith. Not Keith. <laughs> <laughs> so I do it with this comic named James Manor, who I love. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about, um, uh, the new one just came out, Infinity War. We right. just all saw Avengers? that. Avengers? Yeah. And, I mean, spoiler, no, but they fucked Wakanda up. Do you understand? They fucked Wakanda up, and I sat there in that movie, and my oh, really? heart sank. Because I'm like, why all these powerful black characters, and they're, like, waiting for the white soup, you know, Avengers to rescue them and shit now? And I was like, why would they do? They built our hopes up, and I got so emotional, and I just stunned. I was stunned. So and disappointing. And then we talk about it on the podcast. Oh, good. And then James is like... You're making a big deal about this. Wakanda's like barely a thing. And, and he's like, why is it so important to black people? And I go, because we've never had one thing like that right. that made us. E- That's how fucked up it is to be black. Yeah. That even fictional, fictional shit, superhero. we got to grab onto that shit and get pride yeah. from some Marvel bullshit right. that they knew they was going to fuck up. You know, I was a little blonde girl. And yes, I wasn't the most attractive, but I did get to see Alice in Wonderland or just these these little things and these stories. And they say, if you can see it, you can be it. And it's like, you want to aspire to something, but you need to see somebody kind of who looks like you to believe you can do it. And if that doesn't exist, then you have to be that person. You have to create it. And then you also have to have the environment. Like my grandmother... What like there were hardly any black Cabbage Patch dolls, and I had this one doll, Nicholas, and I, I wanted him to be black because he had the yarn hair, and but he was white, and I was like I couldn't understand it, so my grandmother spray painted him black. <gasps> Unfortunately, she spray painted him charcoal black, and even oh, the no. eyeballs. No, so <laughs> no, Nicholas, no, and not the body. And for my family, it was like, well, we know we have you in an environment where you're like seeing all kinds of shit that don't represent you, so mm-hmm. we're putting things out there to let you know. I grew up knowing that I was beautiful. I grew up yeah. knowing, like, you know, there was nothing wrong with me. I grew right. up chewing racists off left and right, t- you know, taking numbers and shit. And that's why I am the way that I am now. Yeah. It was a buildup over time, you that's know? That's another thing. Like, people, when they look to you to be like, tell me your sad mm-hmm. growing up story. And you're and you're like, you're projecting that onto me. Like, you don't know my story. You're All the things that you're assuming. I've always said America loves a tragic nigga. They love a nigga that came from poverty, homelessness, right. don't know their damn daddy. Because they want to feel like a hero. Yeah. Right, right. And it's like, my story ain't that. I want to read this James Baldwin quote. You have to decide who you are and force the world to deal with you, not with its idea of you. First of all, James Baldwin had to double down because he was... I don't think he came out the closet until right before he died. So he was doing a whole bunch of shit. He was writing his sexuality and his truth through his uh, books, which were super amazing. He was, And what happens is when you are a black person that wants to say we're being treated fucked up and these are the things that happen, instantly people go, oh, you're militant, uh-oh, and woo-woo, and right. all this other shit. They tune and, out. But they tune out, and there's a lot of young white men who've been sold this bill of rights that they are owed, yeah. right? Whether they say it out loud, they just know there's certain things that are supposed to be for me. I'm supposed to be able to have whatever woman I want, right. as much money as I want. And when they don't see it, and then on top of it, they see somebody that doesn't look like them having access to things that they think are supposed to be theirs. Right. Not for once do they think, wow, 
here's somebody that may have over had to overcome an obstacle yeah. or someone who's not invited to the seat of the table. This is the thing I explained to a lot of my white male friends all the time. Because, oh, well, you're doing well and you don't have to deal with racism. I said, no, that's not true. I have to deal with racism all the time. Right. Well, you know, things are a bit of I said, no, because here's the reality. No matter how broke down and bullshit and dumb you are as a white man, yeah. if you put on a damn suit and shave and put your hair back, you could walk into any company and tell them, guess what? I'm the new CEO today. Yeah. And they, it'll take them a week going yeah. to HR to determine whether you're the new CEO the world or not. just deals with you That's it. Whatever and there's you no say. way to not get, not get sick of that. We're going to all put together a movie. Amy's going to play a black woman. Oh, yeah. That's what the world wants. <laughs> Rachel Dolezal. <laughs> Rachel Dolezal. <laughs> yeah. No, we're going to do a Freaky Friday with Amy and I where she becomes a we black woman, I become a white woman, and I'm like, oh, that. my God, I love it. <laughs> I can't I watch that movie. <laughs> I always knew that I could go to jails. I didn't do nothing, but I always knew. You might just end up in jail. I can end up in jail. Yeah. My junior high school was called Prison on a Hill. No, it wasn't. Whoa. I swear to God, it's called Prison on a Hill. Yeah. And, but you knew that, you know, because of the systemic nature of racism, you can go to jail. Mm -hmm. you for know, nothing. For asking for, the silverware at the Waffle though. House. Yeah. I mean, uh -huh. this is the shit that's happened. People getting beat down. Exactly. Right. Like, I remember being a teenager and my friend stole this guy's, his mom's car and we, we drove it out on New Year's Eve and he crashed into... Uh, somebody else's mailbox and the cops came and, and like, you know, and, and it all shook out just fine. Mm. But you know, those little things, I yeah. remember what a wild moron I was in high school and the nonsense that I would pull. And it's like, yeah, people are allowed so many more mistakes. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I got in trouble years ago. I went to jail because of Rachel. Rachel was walking down the street. Is this real? <laughs> it's real. No, no, this is real. Okay. We, I mean, it, I don't believe I was walking anyway. No, we were all in the car on off. the way back from a gig. And um, we, me and Kev decided, we're like, get her, get her, get that white girl. Kevin Hart, of course. And we laughed. Like she joking. was walking next to the car? They were, no, she we were driving. Let her out, going home. Now, we dropped off home. So she's outside the car. And she's walking to the okay, to our house. Then we drove off a little bit. And the cops pulled us over. No. Yeah. Well, they cop the cop was following yeah. us, but they didn't weren't pulling us over. Pulling and we were over. talking about it for a while. We're like, are they gonna pull us over? What's yeah. going on? Yeah. And then I remember you pulled up and dropped me off, and the cop was sitting there, but they waited until I was out of the car. Yeah. And then he followed us, pulled us over. Mm-hmm. For what? We, like what was what they say? They well, they said, you know, told dumb Kev was driving. Uh-huh. He said, like, license registration. Of course, dumb cab didn't have his mm -hmm. license and registration. Right. And they said, we can arrest you for not having your license and registration. I said, well, well hold up. Uh -huh. I said, it's my car and I have my license. Yeah. And, you know, uh, the cop said, oh, it's your car? Now, mind you, I come from a long line of cop fighters in my family. So the cop said, it's your car? I'm like, yeah, it's my car. He said, get out the car. Next thing I know, he grabbed my hand. Of course, I'm... I get away out of it. Now I'm wrestling like eight. You cops. get out of it. You got out of the cops. When a cop you. gets you on a grab your wrist, you go against the thumb. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Yeah, maybe listen, just take a note. Listen, Yamanika, <laughs> cop grab you by the wrist, go against the thumb, you get loose. Oh God. And you know, I, <laughs> this is just so there's something all up. I, I'm wrestling with eight cops. Okay. And I. <laughs> <laughs> 
think it was eight more cups? like three. Okay, so oh, Keith, Rachel was, was there. Okay, Rachel was there. It was eight cups. Yeah, it was eight cups. I'm cup. sure of it. Okay. It was eight cups. Uh-huh. It was a clown cop car. There were just eight of them. When they Jungle. ready to arrest Jungle. black men, cops come out of the woodwork. Jungle. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. okay. But they got me. I'm wrestling the cops like they threw me on the ground. And, you know, they got a pepper spray out. And I said, fuck pepper spray. I eat pepper spray. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. God. And I, you know, and I said, I eat pepper spray. Of course, he emptied yeah. the pepper spray in my eye. Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> you got pepper spray. <laughs> Yamanika is not feeling a lot of sympathy for you, Keith. So I went to jail for this stuff. Ugh. Now, I was in jail. Rachel and Buddy Ball and Buddy, uh, Buddy Baldwin came to the jail to visit me. Yeah. And they sent me a sandwich, right? And then the sandwich was on. <laughs> we put a note. Oh. <laughs> Guys, I can't. We're going to get you out of here. I remember when Kevin called from, from the prison. Oh and I'm like, we love you. We're going to get you out. Oh, my God. Imagine <laughs> you Kevin. putting the note in the sandwich. <laughs> like I was in Sing Sing. <laughs> I called Colin. And Colin quit. And Colin was every cop in the whole world. Exactly. Yeah. Colin was like, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna help you out. We, we've got this." You right. know, we're like, "We gotta free him." Listen, Kevin, I was all heart, and he didn't want to hear about it. I was like, "Kevin, we love you, and we're gonna come free." He's like, "Shut the fuck and up, Kevin's Rachel. Like, Shut up, you white dork." <laughs> <laughs> That's what you deserve, Ray. He's like, "This isn't helpful." And I'm like, "I wrote some poetry. I have a, oh, I got yeah. a song." And then Colin called the news. Right? Yeah. Colin got the news outlet. Yeah. Wow. And I think we were all ready I would love for, to like, see the news a revolution. <laughs> but what happened? What happened? They let they let you out or what? Well, they let me out, but the cops said the reason they, they arrested me and, you know, was fighting with me and they all that. They saw your act. Because <laughs> that too. <laughs> that's the major reason. They said I had a, a brush wrapped in a newspaper like it was a shotgun. Jesus, Keith. But he asked you to Why get out the car anyway. Yeah, they lied. He, yeah, oh, they he, lied. Yeah, yeah lie. when they wrote it up, they wow. lied. Yeah, Jeez. I've never seen you brush your hair. <laughs> God, yeah, that's but brutal. I, you know, I like to put it this way. It's like all black people aren't monolithic. Mm-hmm. Neither are all white people. Uh-huh. When we look at everybody as one big mass, then we go wrong. Right. I grew up different than you, but... We still came to the same conclusion. Yes. You know, you grew up with your, you know, both parents, I imagine, this and that, 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 whatever. But I met a lot of horrible white people. And I met a lot of horrible black people, too. Sure, yeah. sure. Right. So. But we have to add that part to, be, to the conversation as well about yeah. when the, one of the things that stops the race conversation mm-hmm. is when you are talking to someone who may be white. Yeah. And then they go. But what about me? It's like, yeah. I'm not even talking about you. And then the right. other part of it is like what, what Keith is saying is like, you know, sometimes black motherfuckers get on my nerves too. And right. I don't, when I hear some sh- criminal shit going down with a black guy, I don't want to have to always be like tighten up and go, I got to be on this guy's side no matter what because right. justice system fucking with him. I want to be able to go, yeah, get that motherfucker off the street too. Yeah. He's useless. But we have so many things that kind of push us to where we don't want to be as black people because we have we feel like if we don't stand on the side, we're going to get lost in the sauce because we're not standing firm and sometimes we're standing on the wrong side right. because we have to kind of keep this it's, solidarity. It seems like such a, a tough thing to navigate. Like, what what's the best thing to do right now? Should I be passive about this or should I be well, really opening my I, mouth? I think the hardest thing of being black for me 
is navigating like black folks are getting on, on for any little thing you'd be called a coon like if you you're, you're looking at him with all those white girls coon ass i've never <laughs> i've like i've never heard that there's a guy on cnn all the time named paris Sennard. you know and he's always on oh well trump never told a lie we're like this, look at this coon ass yeah <laughs> <You know>? uh-huh. <laughs> yeah but what does that mean it's it's sort of this black person sell out that has sold right. It's like sold the out. new Uncle Tom. Yeah, yeah, but okay. it's, it's the same thing. It was, it was. But it's heavy now. It's heavier than it's ever been. Any yeah. little thing you can be, you, you know, if you don't watch what you're saying, watch what you're doing. It's a That's lot. That's why it took a long time for me to really get my foot into comedy the way I needed to, because I did doing comedy for a long time. Yeah. But then my grandmother, my mother, was like, oh, you know, you're smart. You know, you're educated. You come from a good background. Let everybody know that because when you get on stage and people want to see, they think, "Oh, you're trash. You're ignorant." And so I'm up there trying to be like, like introduce yourself, right? Trying to impress people. And it's like, who gives a fuck if you think I'm a genius or not, or if I'm not? But because some people get in here, oh, I got to be moving the down forward. No, sometimes we just want to fucking have a good time and party. You're like, okay, I don't, I don't leave my house every day thinking. I'm curvy and I'm black and here I go out into the world. You know, you're you're living your life. Yeah, it's like my entire life. I always get branded like, oh, all Yamanika talks about is race. Right. But you don't want to have all the responsibility to be like, oh, well, I'm a woman and I have to do all these things for women. And, I, and right. I'm and i black. Sometimes you just want to be a comic. You just want to have fun. And you just want to be you and get up there and just be you. But then there's, there's also the... Um, the fact of racism and the systematic poverty and the cycle of trying to keep people of color down and, and, you know, things like changing the boundaries for, for where voter, like, you know, for elections yeah, and stuff like election. that. If, if you're seeing somebody and you go, Oh, this, you know, black guy, whatever stereotypes, it's like, well, that's because that's what we have created that a system to keep people oh, yeah. in that position. Especially when you talk about urban cities and inner cities where they're also being socially and economically disenfranchised and running a system that they can't get out of. And then the same petty crimes that we will uh, attack a person of color for, oh, they're robbing and they're doing that, mostly scratching and surviving. If you look at a white male that does the same thing, but he's doing it as a CEO and robbing people blind, it's <laughs> yeah. like, you know, those are the same people that will sit there and go, I'm giving a handout. You're giving a handout. No, you're just giving back from what you've already stole and sucked from this <laughs> community yeah, and you're true. giving them a chunk of it back and going oh good for me i'm giving you a handout exactly my dad was a civil rights lawyer my mom was a social worker my brother was a social worker and i remember like we i was talking to somebody who was asking me what my family did and he was like well i'm all for handouts or something and i just thought it was so funny like being yeah. like the social worker thing being like right and i'm like but even calling it a handout like there's so many different things that go on to people having an equal shot you know yeah. is like well we were all handed things you know i mean whether it be two parents that picked you up from school or whether it be like you know different people in your life that supported you in different ways you know so i think it's really easy or or the same equal shot some people were were handed a more equal or fair shot at a job mm-hmm. so it's like we're all handed things so it's just we so just funny we just got to keep handing stuff to each other exactly no, when i first started Comedy, 1932. No. When did you start comedy? When did you leave comedy? I started comedy. You came out with a mic in his hand. In 1984, right? Yeah. I started comedy, doing comedy. And I, these white guys was around me at the time, and they were giving each other stuff. Every time I turned around, they go.
called Comedy Express. Oh, right. Mm. I forgot and about this. we're dealing with, like, I had, like, five, six black people. Then it added on. Yeah. Like, Tony Woods is a part of us. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wanda Sykes was a part of Comedy Express. Yeah. And we put on shows. Yeah. Now, we go on BET. We go on. We start putting on stuff. Yeah. Doing stuff because we're being ignored so much by white folks. We, I just, you had to create thing. your own. It's yeah. a great something. Another group started up out of that called the Turn, Turn Em Out Posse. They were in mm. D.C. So it was like, <laughs> but, yeah. but, you know, these things like. You were always doing that, creating your own vehicles yeah, you and bringing create, your friends in. Yeah. 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 And I, it's something like you're doing some good stuff, too. You're bringing in a lot of, uh, you know, female comics and all that. Thank you. It's a good thing. You're not just talking about it. You're yeah. being about it. Well, one of the things that I want to address that I have heard a lot, especially because there is, you know, sort of more diversity, more women coming forward, is this, you know, I've heard from white males like, Oh, they just want they want minorities now. They want women now. They don't want us. They don't and I keep hearing that. And I'm like, oh, yeah. no, no, you you're not, I'm not in competition for your job. Like So you're saying white men are threatened right now because there's I hear more it a diversity. Lot. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's like, no, because I can't get any work anymore because you know they're not looking for white guys anymore. And I'm like, no, if you don't have a role as a white man, it's because there's a thousand other white men that are competing for that job. Right. But also it's like White men, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry that you have to experience what we've been experiencing our whole lives. Yeah. Let's talk about the um, the phrase white feminism. You guys know this, a white feminist? Yeah. You, I didn't. You, you, you've heard this. I understand what that is. So can you explain that in case people don't know? Well, let me put it in terms of, I went to an event. I won't say what event. It was a beautiful event. Yeah. But this is the second, third year I've been to the event, the second year that they have focused on diversity and women of color. Mm-hmm. And the statistic this year at the event was that uh, 20% of government resources or money are allocated to women and less than 2% of that those funds go to women of color. Right. And I'm hearing people at the event go, are there going to be any white women? So it's like... Um, as a black woman, to be a part of the feminist movement and mm-hmm. go, like, I have to. Now we're in this Me Too time where everybody's yeah. like, you know, got a Me Too, Me Too. There was a part of me that, if I'm honest, I'm like, you know what? I, I can't really jump on this Me Too shit, right. to be honest. Because I am, the the number and amount of women of color who are raped and nobody gives a fuck, misused and nobody gives a fuck. Hello, we was Me Too'd when we came here yeah. to this fucking country slave owners running in raping some girls not even women yet mm-hmm. and that was just an okay thing and then it's still this whole hot idea that like when you have white feminists who'll go yeah but we're all in it together but I, bitch I'm doubling down yeah, on the woman kind of shit like, and the black it's, shit it's kind of like for someone like me who has been so focused on uh, empowering women and just really didn't see how bad it was for women of color so much more than really anyone else. So my eyes have been open to that. And I I feel bad that it's so late in the game, but I I feel really aware of it and really want to do everything I can. I don't even like that. You know, I don't, you know, I don't like 
there should be no feeling of anything, right? Because we just become aware of things, right? If, as and long as you learn and you evolve. You learn and right. you evolve. But let me be honest, right? We, at the at the core of everything, there are times when I'm fucking racist too. You understand? Like, yeah. you get you get behind a car and a Mexican man cuts you off and you go, listen, fucking Alejandro, if you don't get this fucking orange machine away from me, I'm <laughs> going to send you back to Guadalupe. So, like, yeah, <laughs> oh, whatever. Geez, you know what I'm saying? Go, go. But you, we all have moments where we fucking go right to the thing and come back it's different than somebody who has that in their heart this seems like a good time to do keith's black history segment it's black history with keith <laughs> here we go this is true or false okay and that and 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 18... We can see that you're just picking a year right now. <laughs> no, 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 I'm not picking. I, I got it right here. Oh, okay. 1862, mm-hmm. a guy named Eric Dickinson invented a curling iron. Uh, I'm going to say false. Madam C.J. Walker did perms, but I think she also did the curling iron. And when was that, you think? Um, I say right after Beyonce's last album. <laughs> <laughs> I think false. Okay, so we've got uh, we've false. got false. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say false too. Wow, this is the first time Rachel didn't think something was true. Oh, okay, Keith. All right, it's false. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Dixon was a running back for the when he looked Angeles. up in the air, was arbitrarily picking a year is sort of what tipped me off. <laughs> and then he went to try to read from that, like, let me this get it is, together. Oh no, now. here it is. No, it's no, right no. here. Okay, what's your next one? All right, now Elijah Wood. You know about Elijah Wood? Isn't he the He's guy one of the Lord, Lord of the Rings? Rings. <laughs> Elijah, Elijah Wood, he was the first black, really black baseball player. What do you mean really black? <laughs> no, because they say Jackie Robbins, but he was the uh, first black. He absolutely was the first black one. His name was Elijah Wood, like yeah. Radio Flyer? No, 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 I'm sorry. It's not. Uh, <laughs> This is the worst. This is the worst. You're talking about the Lord of the Rings. Elijah, not Elijah Wood. Why don't you just read the questions with the answers and see if you can still get it right? (laughs) Now, here it is. Elijah McCoy. Oh, thanks. (laughs) Elijah McCoy. The real McCoy. Uh huh. Mm -hmm. Got lubricant for engines. Got what? (laughs) Oh my god. I think it's true. You think it's true? Yeah. How about you, Rachel? Nah. True. I'm a believer. I like that you believe. It's just tough to navigate what you're saying right now. Like, do you guys know what you're agreeing with? Because it's like he's saying lubricant. Well, other lubric- people tried lubricant. We're going to cut this work. segment right on now, out. Other, I know, right? Other people did lubricant for engines and it didn't work. Mm-hmm. So that's why they call him the real McCoy. That's where the term comes from, the real McCoy. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now that you've personally become black history, because we are going <laughs> to replace you on this podcast... <laughs> With really anyone else who's willing, <laughs> what's your what's your rose and your thorn for the episode? Uh, Yamanique is my rose for sure. Okay, oh, very thank sweet. You. Um, and my thorn is just um, that. Yeah, the last um, the last fifteen minutes of my life playing. This game. <laughs> <laughs> fifteen minutes. Definitely Yamanika the rose. And, oh, so sweet. Um, thank you. And uh, yeah, that I'm gonna have to go with the team on that whole history okay. lesson because well, um, I've never unlearned so much. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're all a little dumber now. Yeah. Good 
Good facts. A little dumber now. Keep going with your rose and thorn for the episode. Well, I, I have to admit, my thorn was definitely me. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even. I can't even uh, play with y'all on this one. My thorn was me. Yeah, was your and rose? My rose was Yamanika. Oh, thank Aww, you. Yeah, I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give it up to her. What was your rose and your thorn for the episode? Well, my thorn. I'll start with that because I like to always. Uh, <laughs> And with positivity. My nice. thorn um, is to Keith's teachers that taught him <laughs> how to read and write and think. True. And my rose is like, honestly, you know, Keith, thank you for, you know, being a strong black man and, and really sharing your platform. Rachel, thank you so much for trying to save Keith. We didn't need it. Um, <laughs> This was a good one. I hope people, we're sorry for what we got wrong and, um, you know, but we're not sorry because we are trying to do the best we can. And uh, thank you so much for joining us on Three Girls, One Keith. Stay strong. Talk soon. Did you know that if you listen to Three Girls, One Keith on Spotify free and premium, you get the extra special, extra hilarious extended cut of all our episodes. So next time you have a burning desire for Three Girls, One Keith, head over to Spotify free or premium for the extra special version. Hey, 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 Three Girls, One Keith. This is the last episode of our first season and we will be back, but we hope that you enjoyed this podcast and we hope that you join us next season because we're definitely looking forward to it. Just a quick heads up that all future seasons of Three Girls, One Keith will be available only on Spotify free and premium. So might as well hit pause, head over to Spotify and follow Three Girls, One Keith. Three Girls, One Keith is a Spotify original podcast. Our executive producers are me, Amy Schumer, and Kevin Kane. Our executive producers at Spotify are Natalie Tella and Robin Hawkins, along with the team at Gilded Audio Design, Andrew Chug, Whitney Donaldson, and Dan Rosato. He's the kind of guy you sex with him and you go, that was like three minutes, and he goes, that, that was 15 minutes. <laughs> too soon. The phrase too soon was invented about Keith in bed.